Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate, I already hate it. I hate it. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Everything school HQ still undefeated. The Atlanta Falcons still undefeated. Nice, nice football watching weekend with uh, the Florida Gators ahead and the Green Bay Packers who looked really good uh, on the docket for the Falcons on Sunday. So big weekend coming up, but a, a great start to my dual NFL and college football watching experience and to talk all things NFL as we do at this time each and every week the NFL Super Friends on a Tuesday for your listening pleasure JP Acosta is here of SBNation.com JP good evening how are you doing great you know three of our te- favorite NFL teams on here are undefeated you mm-hmm. know that's that's a great feeling you know having an undefeated <laughs> NFL team that's, oh, that's I highly yeah. recommend it it's great I, I'm not gonna lie I recommend it it's a fun time also here the sad boy himself. Well, I guess there's two sad boys because Evan also likes uh, emo, and he had a good uh, emo uh, listening weekend that we'll get into. But I literally uh, have a jersey that says "Sad Boy" on the back. I think I get the title. You do get the title. Okay, Sad Boy Jace. It's USA Today, the Pump Fake, many other places behind the steel curtain. He's got his hand just right holding his face up because he's he's going through it. It's Mister Jarrett Bailey. Jarrett, good evening. How are you? I am going through it. It's been a rough like 48 hours, 36-ish hours. But yeah, not not my favorite weekend. None of my bets hit. The Steelers stink. It's, it's been a rough one, but it's lovely to see all of you. Also here, a happy man because Brock Purdy showed why he was the one that Kyle Shanahan bet on uh, this offseason and was like, we're riding with Purdy. Feeling purdy, mighty purdy. 
over there in San Francisco and that high-powered offense, a healthy Christian McCaffrey and a defense that just, it doesn't matter who's going to be the DC, maybe potentially. They could just keep swapping dudes out every year. They're just going to keep hitting the crap out of people and being really, really elite and really, really good at what they do. It's Mr. Evan Swords. Evan, good evening. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm really good. I, uh, I have no voice from going to emo night on Friday and the 49ers won football game. I feel like this is a good, good weekend for me. When did, what did you yell more? Did you yell more at emo night or yell more during the 49ers game? Oh, emo night. It wasn't mm. even close. In fact, like the Niners game, as we all know, and we'll talk about, it's pretty mild. Mm. <laughs> just kind of uh, chilling. <laughs> I'm not even saying that to be mean. Like, you know, <laughs> He's talking about like a nice little brunch. Like it was just, yeah, the rest of the day after the first quarter, just do anything else. <laughs> He's like, I've just, seen enough. This is this is nice. What a we'll nice talk, day. We'll I will say this about that entire thing. It did give me the opportunity to quote both Motionless and White and the Amity Affliction and two of my columns this, these past couple of days. So, I mean, there that's my silver lining in all of this. I feel like you've been training for this your whole life. <laughs> Oh, dude, I as soon as I saw the opportunity, I jumped on it. So um, it it will only pop a very specific niche who reads it, but it will pop them. And that makes me happy. I love that. Um, Well, we're going to get into our teams and what ultimately happened here each and every week uh, during this NFL season to kick things off, because uh, everyone knows what the NFL super friends and where their allegiances uh, lie. Let's start with the positives. Uh, and give Jared a break here uh, on the Steelers front. It, it will combine Evan because it involved his team as well. Uh, JP. Pretty positive Char- for me. Well, I mean, you got to watch a lot of football. You got to see some positives. Okay. George Pickens let's got see. to, I mean, he's liking just, things on Instagram Chase, again. Let, just leave it. Let it, let it be. <laughs> let Listen to the Beatles, bro. Let it be. I, I believe you. I don't think I've ever heard that song from the beginning to end. Um, JP. The Jaguars survive. Anthony Richardson goes down late. Um, Tank Bigsby and Trevor uh, Travis Etienne look pretty good as a one-two duo. Uh, Calvin Ridley scores first for the Jags, which hurt my hurt my feelings seeing uh, Calvin Ridley thrive in another system uh, on another team. Um, while my uh, wide receiver room uh, looks, let me check my notes here. Uh, less than ideal, but maybe not it's really not mattering. The receiver room, that's the problem. Not great, Bob. No, but JP, what uh, what was your biggest takeaway from the Jags winning on the road in Indianapolis to start things off? Good teams find a way to win, and mm. the Jaguars are a good team. You know, they found ways, they found a way defensively to figure out how to stifle the Indianapolis offense. Offensively, it still feels kind of weird that we're saying like, yeah, the, the offense didn't play that great. Like there are a lot of points, a lot of the yards left on the field, and they scored 31 points. Like, that's just a wild thing to say about the Jaguars now. Like, mm. the Trevor Lawrence-Calvin Ridley thing is special. Like, that is one of the best – that's going to be one of the best duos in the league this year, one of the best connections in the league. You can already tell Trevor Lawrence already has a lot of confidence in him. The throws that he was making yesterday, man, that is, like, some primo, like, top five quarterback throws. He was, okay, here, JP, he this is what I want to know because I feel like a lot of people talk about the Trevor Lawrence situation and, like, almost, like, too subtly. I want to hear it from a fan. He's supposed to be the prince who was promised, right? Like, he's supposed to be one of the best quarterbacks to come out of college in the last 30, 40, 50 years. 
it sounds like we might already be there. How high are you on Trevor Lawrence right so, now? One to ten scale. So I'll say this. Before the season, uh, group of friends and I did quarterback rankings. I think I had Trevor Lawrence around four five. Any anybody from three, four, five, six is very interchangeable. Right. Trevor Lawrence might be in the more in the three, four, five area. Like he is a he's a top five quarterback. The accuracy, the ball placement in the intermediate areas of the field, it is insane. There's a throw that he makes to Calvin Ridley for a 14 yard gain on the move between two Colts defenders, and I think it fakes out the camera. The cameraman thinks it's intercepted, but Calvin Ridley catches that ball and turns it into a first down. That's just a special throw. The touchdown to Zay Jones was a special, special, special throw. If you see when he released the ball and where Zay Jones was and where that ball ends up, insane throw. I think I'm going to watch it on loop. He's a special quarterback, man. He's a top five quarterback, and it's kind of crazy saying that like the Jaguars have a top five quarterback because that doesn't really happen. That's never happened. So it's exciting. It's fun. Um, kind of next week is a is probably the biggest game for the Jaguars since like the AFC Championship in 2017. Like this is mm. this is the biggest game. It's it's probably the biggest home game ever. You know, defending champions. You get them at home. Mm. This is a this to put up or shut up game, you know. This is, this is exciting. Did it feel like to you with Richardson? I think I texted y'all this while I'm out and just um, taking my notes on the Falcons. I was the only Falcons fan at this uh, sports bar I go to here in Knoxville because there aren't a lot of Falcons fans uh, here uh, in in the city. And uh, I'm just doing my thing, taking notes and everything. And um i this thing i jotted down and sent to you guys was just that like i have the texans on in my peripheral vision while the falcons are going on and it didn't really look like cj stroud had that great of a day and i think we talked about before the year the odds of stroud lawrence and richardson all being long-term solutions at quarterback in the afc south is pretty unlikely because you just don't see that usually it's like one and it's two guys in a division that fight over it for years to come and it's then it's just really hard to have that kind of sustainability and hit on that many quarterbacks in one division over the the long haul for me when i was watching anthony richardson it did feel like to me watching that game and watching the back and forth that oh we found the new long-term quarterback battle um in the afc south and it's gonna be richardson and lawrence uh from here on out did you get that same impression from what you saw from richardson I did not, but I also think mm. everybody needs to pump the brakes on the rookie quarterbacks. They all looked fine. They looked fine. Mm. CJ Stroud looked fine. I think there are a lot of rough spots for that team because they're just not ready to compete yet. Like that's they're playing one. They played one of the best teams in the AFC in the Ravens, and you could tell that there was a difference in talent. Mm. So what that's was what, looks, what did you see from Anthony Richardson? Because I didn't get to watch the game. What were like the biggest positives? So the biggest positives are you can tell there's a proof of concept. There is something that they want to get done. It is very much going to look like, I guess, very early in the season, it's going to look like 2021 Jalen Hurts, Philadelphia Eagles. A mm. whole lot of RPOs, whole lot of rollouts, maybe the occasional deep pass, whole lot of run game. The Colts in the red zone are going to be really fun to watch. They shifted into a real nice touchdown that Anthony Richardson got a, a good run on. He's throwing really nice passes in the, in the short areas. I think there's still some footwork issues that mess with his accuracy and his ball placement. And then he threw the interception, which 
You know, I think Michael Pittman ran the wrong route, and it was also mm-hmm. a great play by Tyson Campbell. But I do think everybody needs to pump the brakes. I think none of the guys looked bad. None of the guys looked like they were going to light the world on fire. It just – they're rookies. They had some good moments. They had some rookie mistakes. And I think the same thing applies for Anthony Richardson. I like it. Um, also, that happened on Sunday afternoon uh, in my peripheral vision was, uh-oh, the Niners just scored again. Uh-oh, can he pick it just through a pick? Uh-oh. Okay. Uh, what's going on in Pittsburgh? Because, so, yeah. L- let me talk to Jarrett first. <laughs> And not the way that you thought, but I am serious as a fan. So what was really interesting to me about the Pittsburgh Steelers offseason and everything like that, it's like I didn't think that the Steelers ended the season last last season bad. I didn't think that any, you know, necessarily they played really poorly. I thought Kenny Pickett might not have done too much exciting stuff for the type of momentum they had this offseason. But really, people were talking about the Steelers as if they were really going to make some noise this season one we all know week one doesn't guarantee the rest of the season but arguably they got rolled on do you think that the hype was too much or was this just they played a really good team i think it's a little bit of both um the last time i remember them getting bounced that bad in week one i want to say it was 2011 they went to baltimore been through three picks they lost 35 7 to the ravens um, Would you say this is Mike Tomlin's worst regular this, season loss? It's it's his worst home opening loss in it, in the Mike Tomlin era. It's the most lopsided home opening loss in the Mike Tomlin era. So it, it's certainly up there. And I don't know, when you look at everything that went, here, here's how the Steelers' first five drives went: three and out, interception, three and out, three and out, three and out. That was their <laughs> offense. The first five drives, they got a touchdown at the end of the first half. But the 49ers, they were definitely playing a, a lot more conservative on that final drive. There's like, oh, let's just get this to halftime. And then the Steelers got down the field, uh, pick it through a touchdown to Pat Fryer move. If you think, all right, you know, maybe you know, it's 27, you know, they'll need a stop to come out of the half because they, they got the ball first. But if they can do that, maybe they can do something else. All hopes of that immediately had their throat slit when Christian McCaffrey ran for a 65 yard <laughs> touchdown. Um, and then, yeah, which, man, like, which by the way, that was like a Madden esque touchdown run. Like, that, that was, was a spin be- move. It was a beautiful that touchdown. That spin move was absurd. The, the entire run itself and the receivers blocking downfield, very reminiscent of Garrison Hurst's run against the Jets in week one uh, in hmm. overtime. That's what it reminded me of. Um, I think it was, what was it, 1998, 99. Um, but yeah, Steelers, in terms of everything that they did, um, TJ Watt had three sacks. Two forced fumbles or fumble recovery, tackle for loss. Anthony McFarlane looked really good in the return game. And then the other 51 sucked. All of them were bad. I mean, Allen Robinson had a few nice catches. Calvin Austin had some nice flashes. None of them did anything to change the outcome of the game. Pat Fryermuth didn't do anything of importance outside of that touchdown catch. You look at one of the first plays from the first drive, they run like a little jet pitch to Calvin Austin. Pat Fryermuth looks lost. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. He doesn't know who's supposed to block. He He's turned around. Calvin Austin turns it into only a one-yard loss. It could have been like a six-yard loss. But I think that was an omen of things to come where, oh, okay, they look this lost this early against this defense. And then Pickett, like, he, that second interception that he threw to Hafanga, it's double coverage. He's got Allen Robinson coming in on a dig. Who's open? And he says, nope, double coverage. We'll see what happens. <laughs> and then he gets picked off by an all-pro safety as you would in that situation. And then he gift wrapped the third interception to Fred Warner that Fred Warner dropped. I think that 
in terms of everything with Pickett, you know, they saw the same thing that I've been saying. They look at, okay, yes, the, the big comeback drive against the Raiders, the, the big comeback drive against the Ravens. Okay, he was horrible for the first 57 minutes of both of those games. And yes, it was cool to see that he has, okay, maybe he's got that little bit of a clutch gene in him. That's awesome. You know what else would be even more awesome? If he didn't have to do it every damn game because he plays well throughout. He hasn't done that yet. And they got nice. Cleveland Cleveland next Monday night at home. They're staring at 0-2 right now. Do, do I think that they lose it? I'm leaning no because the Browns look bad too. This feels like a more of a burn the tape game type situation. I don't think the Steelers are going to play that bad again, but my God, man, there was almost nothing positive to take from that. So, you know what this game kind of felt like as I was watching it, like on the quad box thing, this felt like, you know, those old Looney Tunes commercials where Wiley Coyote is like running and he's like, he thinks he's like running on like real, he's running on solid ground and he looks down and he's just on air and he looks down, looks back up, and he holds up a sign that just says help, and he falls. Yeah. That's exactly what this game felt yeah. like. Like, from yeah. the jump, this was not like – I think on the first drive, Fred Warner both takes away the shallow route, then takes away the sit route by Pat Fryermuth, which leads to a sack because Kenny Pickett – like, those are my only two options on this play, and he took away both of them. Then the next drive, he absolutely destroys Najee Harris, and that game is over. Like the game is over at that. That, that I he gotta came say, in untouched on that too. I don't. I don't know what happened on that read, but Warner came in untouched. So what happened was Javon Hargrave basically held up two blockers. Samalo, it was yeah. an outside zone. Javon Hargrave holds up two blockers. Samalo can't get to Fred Warner, who's also really freaking fast, and he just comes downhill and destroys sure. Najee Harris. Like it's from that point. Like watching the film, I'm like, okay, we know what type of time this game is on. Like it, it's very clear. Which there was another team play. Good team. There was another play that Hargrave uh, disrupted too, because the Seals ran play action, and Kenny was uh, turning back around, coming off the boot. And Hargrave's in his face; he has to break out to his right. He's got Calvin Austin coming across on a crosser, and there's no one there. Pickett doesn't see it because he's running right. And the 49ers' defensive line, we know how good they are, but that was a pure example of like absolute peak disruption that they could that they could put on a team. I don't think yeah. the Steelers are as bad as what they put on tape, but my God, man, if they don't fix a lot of that next week, they're going to be open to. I think that's and the I, biggest thing. Like the Steelers aren't bad. The Niners are just really freaking yeah. good. Like the offense again, yeah. it didn't really do much different. It's just everybody's still just as good. Like that, Brandon Ayuk, the offense absurd. The offense that is just really drive, the offense is more efficient. Well, that first drive. Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, all were a part of that drive. Like everyone got the ball and in their own unique way. Debo got the ball, broke a couple tackles. Kittle got the ball down on the left sideline like he loves to do and just tanked a couple people, right? Ayuk had a great pass, like, or great catch across the middle, like, it was just like Kyle Shanahan was just came out to be like, I have all the infinity stones now watch what I want to do. And throughout the entire game, he did what he wanted to do. And the, it's, it's, it's insane to me at this point. Cause you look at it and it's like, you go through the offense and we talk about the offensive skill position players. You talk about the offensive line with, you know, uh, Trent, having Trent Williams. Uh, but then it's like, you go to the defensive side of the ball 
Javon Hargrave, who, who they signed this year in the offseason, had five pressures and a sack. Cleveland you Farrell would, played awesome. Clay, Clay Clay Farrell, the next, yeah, the new, uh, the new Chris Kasirik project. But like, you would think, even though Bosa came off, you know, signing the, the contract extension, making him the highest played defensive player, you would have thought that Bosa would be the person. But the person that ended up being most dominant from a sack perspective was the guy that no one would have expected that from the 49ers fan perspective, which was Drake Jackson, the second year player out of USC, the mm. speed rusher that was meant to complement Bosa. And it just goes to show you what we were we, we knew was going to happen, especially when they got Hargrave. It's like you can't, whether you're on the offense or defensive side of the ball, you have to pick normally. You can't even pick anymore. You can't pick who you want to defend anymore. You, you will leave someone open. And whether it's on the defensive side of the ball and you're, you want to double-team Bosa or you're, you're getting – I mean, dude, Javon Kinlaw with like 13 snaps was eating double teams and was being a very productive pass rusher. Like the 49ers, I just I, – I want to get it out of the way. I don't care about the Eagles. I don't care about the Chiefs. I don't care. Barring injuries, the 49ers – are winning the Super Bowl this year. Period. Period. And I don't I do think that week ones are weird always. I do think the first three years, the three season, three weeks of the season really never they don't really tell the story, right? You always see a lot of weird stuff. But what did I say all off season? I don't know that Brock Purdy can continue to do what he did. What he did was so incredible. The throws that he was able to make, this, you know, the second, the second play is like being able to make plays happen on his feet. The the confidence that it took. I I didn't really know if that was possible. I told I talked to you guys all offseason. I was like, it just it would be hard to accept that uh, the person that every team passed on seven rounds is going to be able to recreate that magic again. JP. He regret. He, re- re- he did it. He did it again. He's he's the same quarterback. He might be better. I don't know, man. He just he just keep he can't keep getting away with it. But he probably can because Kyle Shanahan just always knows where your weakness is. The right. Steelers for addressing as much as they did to address the middle linebacker spot still aren't that good there. Still not good. So so what Kyle Shanahan did was basically put Cole Holcomb and Elandon Roberts into the ninth circle of hell for the entire game. Like, <laughs> Absolute I felt torture so chamber. bad. So there was one play. I think Ayuk went for like 22 yards. And yeah. it was, they motioned out to empty. George Kittle's running down the scene. Cole Holcomb <laughs> has got to carry George Kittle. They got two, two people guarding George Kittle because it's George freaking Kittle. So then you have Christian McCaffrey in the slot. He runs a short route, the, the low part of the high-low. And then Brandon Ayuk is running behind you. What are you going to do? <laughs> You either give up the short route and yak opportunity to you just throw McCaffrey, up, really, or you let Brandon Ayuk run for twenty-two yards behind you. A and, lot of people wanted to talk about how Patrick Peterson got Brandon Ayuk had he eight. did. Brent, Patrick Peterson, honestly, like watching him play, I was like, he's fighting for his life. He was really, he was trying his hardest. It wasn't like he was playing bad. Mm. He he did eight not catches have above twenty-nine for Brandon Ayuk. He didn't have to. 
Patrick Peterson did not have the facilities to be out there. No. The, the, fir- the first touchdown, it looked like he slipped on a banana in, in Mario it, Kart. It reminded I, me I of Little so Giants. Bad. It reminded me of Little Giants when the when the when they're the Cowboys player is running and the little kids like holding on to the white <laughs> mm-hmm. jersey for dear life. I, I know look, exactly. Man, what you're you get you getting dunked on like repeatedly. Like they went after you after you said like, yeah, I can get an interception off these guys. Dog, oh. you you got to hang it up, hang it up. It's it's oh, time to man. go. But Brandon Ayuk, a just fantastic player. Like he is legitimately their wide receiver one. He's he is, he's finally here. They, he's here. Want, We've been waiting. When when they want to throw the ball downfield, they go to Brandon Ayuk. Debo Samuel is great. He is not the downfield receiver. Brandon Ayuk is the downfield receiver. Like that, eight, they needed that. Eight catches a buck twenty nine for Ayuk yesterday. Um, yeah, they, they didn't have an answer for him, and it's not like the the offense was like like bombs away or anything. We know that's not what they are. They were just incredibly efficient. If it was third and six, they got eight. If it was third and nine, they got twelve. Christian McCaffrey ran the ball for seven seven yards a carry. It was annoying. It was annoying as a fan of the other team to just constantly be like, all right, third down. Nope, they're still on the field. All right, another third down. They can't get off the field. Not to mention the fact Cam Hayward goes down with a groin. He's going to be gone up to two months. Uh, DeMarvin Liao went out this game. Deontay Johnson went out this game. Everything that could have gone wrong for the Steelers went wrong. And like, Could I do something positive, game. though, uh, Jarrett? If you were like, okay, you're uh, you're talking to Steelers Nation now. You're, you're talking to the comments section at Behind the Steel Curtain. They're looking to you for optimism. They're looking for you to explain how this is not a big deal, that don't overthink a week one loss at home to maybe the best team in the NFL this year, most complete, potentially. How do you sell it? What is, what is the best sell, the best sell you can do for Pittsburgh Nation after week one? The best I could do in terms of like trying to calm everybody down would be look at the Bengals, look at the Chiefs, mm. spe- especially look at the Bengals. Stay Agreed. in division because last year the Bengals started off zero and two and were within plays of making it to their second consecutive Super Bowl. Right now, the Bengals, Joe Burrow just threw the ball for eighty-two yards and they didn't get in the end zone against the Browns. So, yes, it's incredibly frustrating to have the expectations that Steelers fans did, myself included, going into this game. And for it to all fall apart the way it did, um, but there there's precedent for worse starts and deep playoff runs. Right now, do they look like a team that can do that? Absolutely not. But you got a division opponent, Monday Night Football Week Two, at home. Like when's the last time they had? I can't tell you the last time the Steelers started off with two games at home. And if they go down 0-2, losing two games at home, one of them in division. While the Browns would be 2-0, 2 up in the division, I mean, that would be as close to being wraps for a team in week two as you could get. So mm. it's not over, but this one is as close to a must-win as a week two game can get. Ooh, JP, this is your moment. What did Jarrett just say? What did he just say? You talked about, it's you talked about his whole banger. He said it's not over. Yes, it's not over. That's the first thing I thought of when he said it. I was like, oh. Dotry song banger. <laughs> yeah. The good absolute callback. banger. Absolute banger. Um, on the bright side, mm. Steelers don't have to play the Niners again. Don't have to worry about that problem. That no. that is another positive thing. That was by, far their, that. by far their toughest opponent of the year. It's out of the way. Yeah, get it out of the way. Burn the tape. Move on. The only thing that I want to ask for my own uh fantasy purposes is Nahi and uh the Patrick. 
the tight end? Is there hope? Come on, Fryer Yeah, I'm not, I'm not yeah, going to say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Fryer. You don't have to play Friermuth. the Niners again. So Darnell looks like a big dude. He looks like he's going to be a player. Darnell's going to be in there. I know. For I'm talking about my fantasy players, Chase. Come on. Oh, I thought that was just a general. I didn't know you actually no. meant fantasy implications. Yeah. I was just thinking you're okay. Yeah, no, mind. I'm talking about my fantasy football okay. players. Should I the be getting rid this- of these guys? The thing with Najee is like they got down 17 nothing in the first quarter. It's not like they could really run the ball. Right. I think he had six carries for 31 yards. You can't really run the ball at that point. Friermuth, um, and he's going to be the vertical tight end. He's not really much of a blocker, as was very evident on Sunday. So uh, if, you, if you feel confident in the fact that they'll not play that poor again, then yeah, they're fine. But offensive line's got a lot, a lot of improving to do especially in the run game. But like we said, that's by far the toughest defense they'll face all year. Um, but now they've got to deal with Miles Garrett, who just had a really nice game against Cincinnati. That, that entire defense had a really nice game against Cincinnati, man. Um, so shout out to yeah. the Browns defense for an excellent performance. Now the Steelers got to go play them. So I don't know, man. It's If they win that game, my confidence would be much higher, just regardless of how they do. It's AFC North football. It's going to be two teams that are going to try to run the ball, two good defenses. I don't care how they do it. It's going to be low scoring. Get the job done. Okay. I like it. Um, The biggest overreaction to week one is what for you, JP? Your biggest biggest one that you're still thinking about. that You you know it's an overreaction, but it's just you can't escape this take. You can't escape the capital T take. Jordan Love is capital G good. Ooh. Look, man, I, I'm telling you, I'm not saying he's Aaron Rodgers. He's not Aaron Rodgers. But some of the stuff he was doing was reminiscent of number 12 <laughs> for the Packers who used to do the Bro, same thing. The little sidearm that passes. That throw to at the end zone. The Romeo Dobbs pass where he, like, calls the playoff and throws the fade. That was basically Beautiful. what Aaron Rodgers did the entire for the entire Packers career. That that was his bread and butter. He mm. looked awesome. Like he was really good. I think there are a few throws where he kind of wanted to have back. I think there was one down deep down the sideline where he was like, oh, I can hit this throw. And then he goes and tries to make it and it overthrows it. But look, man, they might have been onto something. They they Jordan Love might actually be capital G good. Which is kind of scary because the Falcons have Jordan Love coming uh, this upcoming week. Oh, and... can, can I can I say something real quick about the Falcons? No, you don't have to. Can, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Arthur Smith, figure it the fuck out. I don't care. I don't care. Desmond Ritter had more catches than Drake London. Figure it out. I don't care that you ran for 130 yards on a Vic on a light box Vic Fangio style defense without Vic Fangio. Figure it out. Desmond Ritter threw for 91 yards. What are they going to do? What are they there to figure out? He's not a good quarterback. Kyle Pitts had had three targets. Throw the ball to him. <laughs> like it does not. It doesn't matter. Find a way to get them the ball. If you're such a good offensive offensive mastermind, if you're the offensive genius that everybody wanted you to be, if you're the offensive mastermind everybody thought you were in Tennessee, the reason you got hired as the head coach of the Atlanta freaking Falcons, you better know how to design plays to get your best players the ball. The run game looked really good. The stuff they did personnel-wise was really cool. You better figure it out with Desmond Ritter. You put all the you put all the chips into this guy, and you better figure it out because the Packers coming into town next week, they're not going to let you run the ball like that. I don't. I think they're going to be very good at defending the run. 
you better figure it out, especially up front. Offensive line, and figure it out. Desmond Ritter, figure it out. For uh, for betters out there listening to this, uh, Packers-Falcons opened up as a pick next week. So, I mean, that's a great value on the Green Bay Packers. I will say, I, as yeah, someone who I'm watched this Packers. game... You what? I'm taking the Packers. Great. No one asked, Evan. And then... <laughs> Well, no one. Well, who's going to ask? It's not. A, it's not a question that needs an answer. Everyone's going to take the Packers. You can take the Packers. What I am saying. Okay, I'll say this. Watch the like as someone who watched from beginning to end. I, I suspect that Panthers Falcons was not on from beginning to end for for you three gentlemen here. So, here's the thing. I've been critical of the targets. Smith was asked about it. He's like, uh, your fantasy football team is not of my concern. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing there. A bit dumbass answer, by the way. But I understand what he's saying, and I talked about this in the Atlanta Sports Guys tonight, which is these are questions more for Terry Fontenot, not for Arthur Smith, because Arthur Smith is not the ultimate decider here in these picks. Hold on, let me get through all of this. This is a complicated matter. It's team building. There's ways about all of this where Kyle Shanahan runs into this problem sometimes, where he just he plays the best guys. He he worked out with Brock Purdy. It didn't work out with Trey Lance. They still the front office traded up for Trey Lance. He still found a way. Arthur Smith is going to win a lot of football games playing it his way. Now, look, there is an issue with certain picks to this point. He hasn't hit on all of them. Terry Fontenot is making these big-time selections. Uh, you go Kyle Pitts. You go Bijan Robinson. You go Drake London. It's easy to forget that Drake London was the best rookie receiver last year. Like Drake London had a great year in this offense. Maybe um, they should throw him the ball more. Well, hold on. Week one. So what they were doing a well, that's lot. That's on Terry not. The offensive line was tough. The offensive line did not look great here, and I wonder that, if yeah. that's part of it. Is Desmond Ritter was getting crushed early, and I it was one of those where I wonder maybe we see more if the offensive line's playing a little bit better. But Brian Burns and Derek Brown were just eating the Falcons' offensive line lunch. Before we get away from your point, I want to address it. You said mm. it's like the 49ers and Kyle. I know I shouldn't have said the reason why <laughs> George the re, the reason why we complained about George Kittle blocking all the time was because we wanted to see him, you know, do things that he's really good at doing that we've already seen him do. Mm. But there was also four other guys on the team that were as good as George Kittle. So it was like, you were just complaining, but realistically it's like, yeah, get any of these amazing people, the ball. Why aren't they giving Kyle Pitts the ball? Are you, well, I mean, he has two big plays in this game. One of them was called back to penalty. He actually did have two explosive plays in this one. The big one down the stretch that everybody saw Good placement from Ritter, put it in a way where Kyle Pitts could come down with that it. Was Kyle not a good, that was not Do you know how many targets Kyle Ritter. Pitts had? That was he had not a three, good throw I think. He had three targets. Do yeah. you know what it's like to give Kyle Pitts three targets when you don't have Debo, Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey? Like, that's the whole point. And I think that's what JP's saying. That's at least what I'm saying. You, it's not like you're fighting for a playoff spot, you're trying to figure your team out. <laughs> Like, get your players the ball, especially early in the season. Eight, six targets to Bijan Robinson is just like 10, 10 carries. It's like, I get it. You have a new toy. But, like, why didn't Kyle Pitts get that love? Well, Tyler Algier and Bijan both average over five yards per carry. Yeah, they I will say the run, game, the run game looked good. Yes. But the thing about the Kyle Shanahan point is, you know what Kyle Shanahan does really well? What? He schemes up plays to get his best players the ball. Well, hold Arthur on. Smith does not do that. He did it last year for Drake London. Drake London got the ball a lot 
last year would in this you, offense. Would you say that? Would you say that Kyle Pitts blocked a lot against Carolina, especially with Brian Burns? And Johnny Smith be... was in a lot. I don't know, and it wasn't really. Let me just go ahead and tell you: not a lot of people were bro- uh, blocking Brian Burns in this game. He uh, right. oh, he nobody, did. Re- nobody yeah. blocked Brian Burns. <laughs> just going back and watching the film today, nobody. Yes. blocked Brian Burns. I think and, Caleb McGarry is going to have nightmares about Brian Burns, and now he has to see Rashawn Gary. So good luck. Yeah, I'm not really looking forward to that. That all being said. Drake, uh, Desmond Ritter hasn't lost a home game in his uh, post high school career, dating back to Cincinnati and now Atlanta. He's three and two as a starter to this point. He doesn't make any turnover worthy plays. Like he oh, just hold on, hold, no, hold he doesn't. The hell he still on. hasn't thrown a pick no. through five games as an Frankie Atlanta Falcon. Lou, Frankie Louvu dropped the clear one. No, perfect placement Sunday. from Ritter to make sure that he dropped yeah, to that the one. other team. No, he he saw the writing on the wall and wanted to make sure that he gave him a little little taste of what an interception's like, but not on his watch, not on Dez's watch. Maybe and see the when I say on the wall and get the players on his team the ball, you know, maybe throw it to the guys wearing the black jerseys. Well, can I say the biggest the takeaway, the reason that I'm and all Falcons fans feel good, no matter what, the upgrade from Ryan Nielsen uh, from Dean Pease was felt in a major way. And I think Dean Pease was a legendary good defensive coordinator. The problem with Dean Pease last year and to why the Falcons lose this game with Dean Pease versus Nielsen this year. Nielsen's a just a dynamite guy on the sideline. Like he's just getting super high active defensive line coach for um, for the Saints for many years. And then you have David Anyamata, who had a big day on the defensive line. Grady Jarrett had a big day. Clayus Campbell was really good on the edge. Now, the guys behind these guys are awful. Like there's no depth in the defensive line for the Falcons. But the starters are really good. And they gave Bryce Young a lot of problems. Um, also, Jesse Bates may have been the best player in the game. <laughs> um, at times, Jesse Bates forced three turnovers, one fumble, two picks. His just presence was huge. But this was the most aggressive, dominant Falcons defense I've seen in a really long time. And they gave Bryce a lot of problems. Like AJ Terrell, one of the best corners in football. Trey Flowers held his own the opposite side with Jeff Akuda out. Troy Anderson at linebacker was all over the place. I think he's going to be a really good player. And then Richie Grant hits hard and the Falcons are tackling well. I just think this defense is aggressive and strong. And even with the offensive issues, I'm just not really panicking that much. I think it was clear they're the best team in this division. And I don't think it's particularly close this year. And they're going to walk into 10, 11 wins. Um, It was one of the most pleasant, just we're winning 10, 11 games this year and hosting uh, a playoff game. It was great. I had a great time. Enjoyed it. I hate to pour cold water on this, but you don't have to. They're not winning 10, 11 games. That's not happening. It's happening. That's that's not happening. Like, congratulations on beating the Panthers. Mm. Now you'll play a real football team. So, well, we'll see how it happens. Can we get a quick play well to their competition? They play up, generally speaking. How how did Bryce Young look? Bryce Young looked fine. It was. He, he was bad so- in the middle of the field. He was better rolling out. Like he <laughs> he was staring down dudes, and Jesse Bates jumped to balls where he's just staring right at him in the middle of the field. And most yeah. of his completions were over the middle to Hayden Hurst and Terrence Marshall. That was pretty much open, but the sideline stuff wasn't great. And it, he, t- he took some bad sacks. I thought he was going to move around a lot more than he ended up doing. Well, I think he only took like three. He only took like two sacks. There was, I mean, it, he I took think he did- I think it's like three. Did, it could be wrong. He did a pretty good job of navigating pressure and not letting all the pressure turn into sacks. I think mm. there was some cool stuff they did over the middle, like you said. I think he had some points where he was a rookie, like the Jesse Bates interceptions, where he was late. 
mm. over the uh, over the middle of the field, and he also needs to do more work post snap in terms of keeping Jesse Bates over to the fir- to one side of the field. Like the first interception to Jesse Bates, uh, Hayden Hurst is running a dig over the middle of the field. It looks like a little levels concept, mm. but Adam Thielen's running on the other side of the field. He's running a little seam route. Mate, the seam route comes open, but that's because Jesse Bates is staring directly at Bryce Young, who has not taken his eyes off of this receiver. Hmm. Maybe what's, hmm. what should happen is he looks more over to Thielen, holds the safety over there, then makes the throw. It's just kind of those NFL windows thing. Like, that Stafford did really well. Yeah, it's those windows things that's like college speed is not the same as NFL speed. That's hmm. your kind of – that's the takeaway here. I think he looked fine. It wasn't anything like – eye-popping, but it wasn't anything like red flag-wise. I do think the Panthers need some serious help at receiver, though. They need somebody who can actually create separation or somebody who Bryce Young trusts in holes of zones because Terrence Marshall Jr. ain't cutting it. Yeah. Marvin Um, Harrison Jr. 2024, baby. Marvin Harrison be fun in this group, in this offense. I think Maybe uh, they'll use the Bears pick to get him. Maybe. Um, Chase Claypool. Uh, that was that was uh, fun. Um, well, uh, Jarrett, best quarterback performance over the weekend. Who do you think played the best of any quarterbacks you saw in Week One here, and who do you think played the worst this Sirius week? Sirius had a fantastic game, man. Mm. Fantastic game. Um, and I know I've been kind of like the resident, like Tua. Okay, well he he's fine. He he looked really good yesterday. Um, but touch on his passes, I think were something that has taken a step forward that touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill at the end of the game that ultimately won them the game. I mean, he throws it in a penny sized window that gets to Hill to touchdown um, 466 yards. He did have a pick, but uh, he, he bounced back from it really well. Three touchdowns, just constantly making plays. Um, and when you are in a game like that, where, you know, it's going to be a shootout with him and Justin Herbert, you need a guy who can who can do that and be efficient. And Tua was mm. efficient. And uh, Tyreek Hill was up to his usual shenanigans, getting a lot of yak. Um, but as long as Tua is healthy, you know that he's going to make the right decisions. You know he's not going to force anything that he shouldn't. And you know he's going to enlarge, put you in a good position to win. So tip of the cap to Tua Tungabailoa, tip of the cap to the Miami Dolphins. Um, yeah, good job, Tua. In terms of the worst quarterback performance I saw this weekend. Oh, goodness uh, gracious. You um, just saw it. What do you mean? You just saw it. You just watched it. We did just see it. Evan was that the worst? Was Wilson the worst? No. Oh. Josh was Allen best. was the worst quarterback oh. of the week. Was Josh Allen really the worst quarterback this week? Oh, yeah. I, he just I, threw, I it, he a, he threw a pick one. six to lose the game. He did. Well, not to lose. He that wasn't gave. a pick six to lose the game. He gave this the is my... This is my. There's a special teams punt tip. This is my biggest qualm with Josh Allen. And it's been the biggest qualm with Josh Allen for a while. This is my. My biggest qualm with Josh Allen is the fact that there will be wide open layups. There will be a wide open outlet pass. And he just wants to do full court alley oops all game long. It does not matter. I would defend Josh Allen to the ends of the earth. But tonight was ungodly unnecessary. Two bomb interceptions. One uh, near the goal line, one in the end zone to Jordan Whitehead. And then the third one to Whitehead, he throws it into double coverage to, I believe, Gabe Davis. He has Dalton Kincaid wide open, right? Wide open in the flat. There was no reason to throw that. And then a, an egregious fumble uh, to to set the, the Jets up to take the lead 
four turnovers, three of them that were very preventable. Is this just Josh Allen, or can he fix this? Is this something you just have to live with, or is this just just this is just Josh Josh Allen? Allen. Mm. I think this is just Josh Allen. This is you take the good with the bad. Sometimes, sometimes it'll be worse. I will say it is never. It hasn't gotten this bad since like 2018. Mm. Like this, it hasn't been this bad in a minute. But it just was really, it was really bad. I think Josh Allen is the zoomies if it was an NFL quarterback. Mm. Like sometimes, like hey man, I get why you're doing this, but you don't have to do this. Like the uh, the third interception Jarrett talked about. I think on the Manning cast they said like yeah, Gabe Davis kind of runs a, a bad route. But either way, it's third and two. You only mm. need two yards. You don't have to force this throw. You don't have to try and make the trick shot every time. You can just do the easy stuff. You can just chill out. You don't have to be on 100 all the time. But that's the Josh Allen thing, you know? Josh Allen's going to throw it deep. The first interception was kind of like an arm punt. It was like third and 17, and it ended up like they were on like the two-yard line. The second one was really bad. That was dumb. He was getting pressured, but it was really dumb. You don't have to – when you're getting pressured, you don't just chuck it up down the middle of the field. That's just something that you cannot do. But it really did just look like a mix of a lot of bad things for the mm. Bills offense. I'm not trying to overreact here because it is week one, but the offensive line gave up a lot of pressure to a Jets defensive line that, of course, is one of the best in the league. There was a lot of James Cook today. Really weird. A lot of James Cook. I mean, like, he was getting a lot of touches. It felt like he was He did, he did well with those touches. I mean, it was fine, but – the way they were talking want, about James Cook was wild. You don't want James Cook to be like the feature point of your offense, you know? Mm. And I think a lot of that kind of was like they also couldn't really run the ball in the second yeah. half. They kept doing this little sprint draw play where Josh Allen would run one way and then hand the ball off to James Cook, and it never worked. Like, But they kept going to it. They went to it on the second, second down, second and 15 in overtime. They did the little sprint draw. And it got two yards. First of all, running a draw play on second and 15, you are a coward. Uh, second of all, don't run that play ever again. Burn it. Take it out the playbook. Mm. It was, it's just a mix of a lot of bad things. And Josh Allen was probably the worst of them. Like, dog, you can, you can just chill out sometimes. Like, the touchdown was what we all know and love Josh Allen for. Mm. But you got to take the good with the bad. Hmm. Do we think it's time for panic? Is it a kin, is it a dabble to dable to Ken Dorsey thing? Have y'all noticed any of that, or it, like, do you think any of this regression happens? I think Ken Dorsey's fine. I think yeah. he's a fine play caller. I just don't think they have the dudes. I don't think mm. they have the protection up front. And you know, they keep investing and investing and investing in this offensive line, but none of these things have actually worked out. Osiris mm. Torres, of course, first rook, first game's a rookie. Looked really bad going against Quinn and Williams. That makes sense because it's Quinn and Williams. But Spencer mm. Brown looked bad when he wasn't getting into fights. Like the whole offensive line just was not playing very well. And it was weird because they looked pretty fine in the run game in the first half, which is something that you wanted to see from this Bills team. But then everything just fell apart. And it mm. felt like you went back to Josh Allen save us, but Josh Allen was clearly not in save us mode. Like it was, it, I said it on Twitter. Josh Allen plays like he's in Minecraft creative mode, and sometimes he'll just create a bomb and you'll die. So that's what happened today. Josh Allen created a bomb and the Bills lost. 
It was this was like you know we talked about like the Kirk scale, like extreme good Kirk, extreme bad Kirk. On the Josh Allen scale, I mean, this is ground zero. This is awful. And that is your bare minimum. You are not going to get a good Josh Allen day. It now, was there already are some some games. There are already some. There are some games where he goes balls to the wall and it just constantly works. This was the polar opposite of that. Unfortunately, it, it is pretty crazy. By the way, Mike's good. No bad. No, great. you're good. It is pretty crazy to me that Josh Allen goes from being talked about as like the most elite quarterback in the NFL to a game like this. Like we have to also remember how many interceptions he threw last year, as much as we give Dak crap, he was right there neck and neck for throwing interceptions. And now he comes out and throws three interceptions to lose in overtime. Like I'm not saying he's on the watch, but like, can't be called a lead if you're doing though, that. You know, Josh Allen's still one of the five, bare minimum, five best quarterbacks in the world. The right. thing with the interceptions, though, is, yeah, you're going to have games like this, but you're going to live with those because he's going to make, more often than not, five, right. six plays with his arm that only a few guys in the world can. But it's a live by the sword, die by the sword type situation. And it's just kind of what you got to got to deal with it such as life when you've got an elite quarterback but this is kind of his his way of playing ball it's street ball 100 of the time it's dragula by rob zombie playing in his headphones <laughs> throughout the entire 60 minutes of, of the game and he's going to go balls to the wall they need to find some way to get through to him to tone it down a little bit but it's always going to be that's always going to be josh allen it doesn't even have to be like you're turning him into check down Charlie. Like no, you just he doesn't need to be right now with Justin Herbert right now. Right now it's 50-50. Like hey, sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. Maybe if you get it to like sixty forty or like sixty five thirty five, you can That's live perfect. with that seventy thirty. Like come on, we're we're dealing with a really good quarterback here, but he needs someone to be like hey, this is stupid. Don't do that again. <laughs> Even though it worked. Don't do that again. And I think that's kind of what Brian Dayball was. Mm-hmm. And to an extent, that's kind of where, like, schematically, I think Ken Dorsey's fine. But whatever's going on with, like, Josh Allen being like, yeah, man, I'm just going to do this because I think I can. Like, sometimes you'd be like, nah, man, don't do this. You just need, like, a dabble who will get up in his face and be like, this is not happening again. Like, because we saw a dabble run up by and getting dude. Like, it's just different. Like, he might just need that guy. Or he needed it for a couple of years longer to build those habits over the long term. And then you did it because I think how long did he end up having Brian Dable? Was it two like years two or years. one? Two years. Two. Okay. Uh, Evan, the Rams and the Raiders both won. Jimmy Garoppolo and Matt Stafford both won to know. This was a question I wrote uh, specifically designed for you. Who is more likely to build off this one and zero start and turn this into uh, one of the surprise positive NFL stories in twenty twenty three? The Rams or the Raiders? I think. I, I definitely think it's going to be the Raiders, but in not, it's hard, hard to answer that question because I, I only think what the reg, Raiders did and will do will exist in the regular season. Um, but Jimmy just wins football games, and I think that's a great example. We saw prime Jimmy <laughs> this week, right? We saw – Including the injury. Dink and dunks, <laughs> an injury scare that he came back in, you know, 100 and however many yards, like – and still won the game. Like it was prime Jimmy in full force. And I think the Rams are just a house of cards. I don't mm. expect Seattle to be that bad this year. I do think this is one of those week one games where like we look back and kind of laugh on what happened. Mm. Uh, 
I I will say though the the Rams had an interesting situation, right? You kind of looked at what happened and it was like, did they have a Cooper Cup replacement? Like, do they have a running back that they can actually like lean on like consistently? Um, Stafford looked good. He had that one throw that everyone keeps talking about to the right. That was a beautiful throw. It was a, very uh, nice throw. It was a great throw. Um, but I, I'm more interested in what's going on with the Seahawks long term. Like for me, I want to know like is Geno Smith? I mean, 112 yards passing. No one was against expecting a, against a defense where you can name one player. Right. On That's that what I'm I I hate to I hate to do this, but is it Byron Young? They did. Uh, the Seahawks did lose both their top tackles in this yeah. game. Mm. Abe Lucas went out and Charles Cross went out. Charles Cross is probably going out for a long time, yeah. which very underrated portion of last year with the Seahawks. Charles Cross played phenomenally as a rookie, mm. as well as Abraham Lucas. So losing both of those guys in the same game is rough. Losing those guys in the same game going against Aaron Donald might be even rougher. And that's really my biggest takeaway from that game is Aaron Donald is the best defensive player I've ever seen play football. Poor. Like, can we talk about the Geno Smith being caught in the live mic where he just yeah. says, oh, my God. Yeah. It, it was like the, the most real moment ever. Like the most. <laughs> oh, my God. He he really liked me for real. He quickly reminded people why he is the best defensive player in football. Like you uh. just. You just don't find many guys like Aaron Donald. And he, he went into takeover mode, and that's what happens, you know? When you lose both your top tackles on the offensive line that was already, especially an interior offensive line that was questionable at best, that happens, you know? I think Matt Stafford still might kind of have it. I don't know if it's, like, enough for it to be, like, a real, like, 2020 2021 Matt Stafford playoff run. I don't think he has enough to do that, but he has. But is he like the sixth best quarterback in the NFL this year? I don't you know guys, if he's six. You guys, real but, quick though, Bobby mm-hmm. Wagner, that poor old man had 19 tackles. <laughs> <laughs> that man was Nine, just he was hustling. Oh. And the, the sad part is, if you look at Matthew Stafford's spray chart from the game, you knew exactly where Bobby Wagner was. Because that's mm. exactly where Matthew Stafford was throwing the ball. Like it, he knows Bobby Wagner. He does. He uh, knows exactly what he can't do, which is cover people at this point. Also, Matt Stafford deserves credit for really finding uh, the Puka uh, uh, with no Cooper Cup in this one. No real receivers, and Matt Stafford didn't really seem phased. I think we, Stafford deserves more credit for doing more with less when he's healthy. Real ones knew about Puka Nakua. Mm-hmm. That's true. Real ones didn't know. Cam Akers, an unbelievable stat. He's going to have a game where he has like 23 carries and 18 yards. Like Cam Akers stats are a a box score delight every week where I don't understand. (laughs) He's going to be one of those guys where his career is over. We look at his box scores from years every year and we're like, Cam Akers may have been sneaky, the worst running back in a really long time. He was like Trent Richardson without the fame where it just, just, it, it, He's going to yeah. average 0.9 yards per carry for his entire career, and it, he's oh, going to get so I, many of them. Can I make two very fun recommendations or possibilities? They probably mm-hmm. won't happen. This would be a good, probably not, but what if? Yeah. And I got two of them. All right, so this both pertains to quarterbacks, potentially, uh, with, with the New York Jets. I've got two of them. One of them, Kirk Cousins. Huh. The other one... 
it would take a few weeks. It wouldn't happen right now, but maybe like by like week three, especially if they start looking the way that we expect them to. What if Matthew Stafford? What if Matthew Stafford? That's I think you got to ride it out with the Rams because I think the Rams are going to be in it. If Stafford's healthy, the Rams are going to fight for the wild card, if, and they're not tearing it down. Does Matt Stafford end up going and becoming? The Deion Sanders, uh, the Darrell Revis, just he's just a bounty hunter. <laughs> also, that's a that's a lot of money on the books still for one year of Matt Stafford mm. and yeah. and one year of Kirk Cousins. I get like trying to go all in and win the Super Bowl this year, but still a lot of money on the books. And Aaron Rodgers plans on being back next year, so and and Matthew Stafford's contract isn't one where like it's a he's a free agent after this year, so like now you're stuck with. Two quarterbacks that are damn near 40 and Zach Wilson. So. I'm surprised that uh, Jarrett didn't go with the obvious here as the the just throw some throw crap at the wall here. What was the Carson obvious? Wentz? Oh, Carson no, Wentz no, no, is no, just no, sitting there. Don't worry. I already tweeted it earlier. I tweeted You're it gonna earlier. You're going to make okay. so many mean things about this man on this podcast. I don't want to, I try not to be mean to Carson mm. Wentz, but. You put Carson Wentz, Zach Wilson, Aaron Rodgers in the same room. That's the most conservative. That is a nightmare blunt rotation. That's the most conservative room since the press. <laughs> since we saw the uh, sweet box at El Asico yesterday on Saturday. You don't want you don't want to do that. Get Carson Wentz the hell off my TV screen. If I see Carson Wentz playing quarterback in real live football games, I, I want Joe Douglas fired. I want to say this: mm-hmm. there is no good option for the yeah. Jets. I, th- I, I really believe is- that. I don't I think, think there is. A, no, I mean, I like, I mean, God, like, JP, if you say what I think you're about to say, let's get real stupid. New York Jets quarterback, Jameis Winston. You mother. Let's roll. <laughs> let's rock and roll. I don't he's, actually hate this. He's the best I, option you got. He is yeah. the best option. No, he's not. No, JP. you know who actually is? Can I? Oh, I like Jameis. <laughs> the all time great feel good story. Send Gino back to New York for what? But <laughs> yeah, they, they, they don't. They don't have a. Doing? They don't have a quarterback. Like, but I'm saying if the Seahawks are bad, they're they don't have money tied up to Gino after this year. He can be a free agent if after this Seahawks year, right? Are bad though, I think it's going to be because Gino Smith became Gino Smith again, or the offensive line like uh, JP alluded to. I, I don't apart. see. I don't, I don't see them. I don't see anybody trading their starting quarterback midseason, mm. unless they're that. And like, it's just it's just not likely. Russell Wilson. Uh, how about this? How about this? America, America's quarterback, Dorian Thompson Robinson. I don't. Mm. They're not getting rid of him. So, There's no way they're getting rid of him. I get it, but then their backup is Kellen Mond, and Deshaun Watson does have a he little bit of it. He's not good. And Deshaun, Deshaun Watson doesn't, doesn't look great. Also, Deshaun Watson has a little bit of an injury history in terms of like knee and knee problems. I'd keep DTR around for a little bit. Um, I think Mitch Trubisky or Mason Rudolph would be options. The Steelers got two quality backups they could probably afford to send. Oh, Ryan Tannehill's an option. Yeah, he he could be. Yeah, yuck. I mean, it's a yuck, but it's like a better than nothing. He's better than Zach Wilson. I also think the Titans are going to be tricked into thinking like, "Hey, we can we can win a lot of games this year because they hung with the uh, Saints." I don't know if you watch that offense. That offense looks battle Tannehill. The battle of Stalingrad that was that game. Any Saints uh, fan who came out of that one thinking, we're all right. I, I don't understand. So I will understand because the defense played awesome. Great. The Falcons defense of, played better. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> the, the problem is the Saints offense did not look great. Derek Carr looked like Derek Carr, mm-hmm. which is a problem because you were expecting Derek Carr to look like not Derek Carr. Yeah. But, 
Okay. Uh, Jarrett. I thought this would be fun for you. Team who looks completely different than a year ago. Who is the team for you that looks completely different uh, that, that you watched over the weekend that looked based on what you saw all of last year? Who looks like a completely different team? Oh, um, completely different team. I mean, there's a handful that I can say look the exact same for all the wrong reasons, but um, oh, I think I'm gonna get to one soon. If I have like a next question. I, I don't know. Like, I I think that I think the Giants just looked putrid, like, mm. awful, and like I expected them to look bad, and I expected them to be bad, but I didn't expect it to be forty to nothing bad. And I tried telling all of you, yeah, Daniel you Jones did. is mid. First thing I there thought was about. nothing great about there was nothing great about about them when like coming into the season. I didn't look at them and say, "Oh yeah, they'll be back in the playoffs." I said, "Oh yeah, six, seven wins." Daniel Jones mm. take a step back, and from if I mean if week one is a teller of anything, they're not going to be good. It didn't matter that they brought back Saquon Barkley. Darren Waller wasn't really much of a factor. Defense didn't have any sort of resistance to what the Cowboys were doing. Giants are bad. That is my that's my takeaway from all of that. Kadarius Tony just all over the place over the weekend with the Giants and the Chiefs. Rough weekend. Rough seventy two hours for Kadarius Tony yeah. uh, on Twitter and social media and everything else. Um, who is your answer here, uh, Evan? Because you said somebody jumped immediately to mind. Was it the Giants or was it somebody else? Bengals. Oh, yeah. Bengals scored three points in a game against the Browns. Was that one we just tossed out? You talk about the Niners Bears game a lot last year was the monsoon. Like that game's on in the corner. It looked like just an absolute slop. Just what what are we doing here? Can we really pull anything from the, these kind of conditions? You would say that if Joe Burrow wasn't pressured at the fifth highest rate in his mm. entire career in that game. Like yeah. that is line still stinks, man. Like Orlando Brown could not do anything as Miles Garrett. Again, it's Miles Garrett. Miles, we need to talk about that. <laughs> Miles Garrett quite literally did a Hesse. Like, and not, so and not like it was like cool. a, in the moment. He was doing that it back was and forth. the coolest thing. He ever. was telling him and to his face, he's like, I'm was, going to do this. That was the equivalent of like LeBron on the, uh, on the wing, on like calling the ISO. He's like, hey, give me the ball. Give me the ball. Let you, you see him do the post up. You know the meme. Holding the ball out. Yeah, he's doing the Jordan Paul the, the ball. ball. Like he, he's calling ISO against this poor center. As soon as Miles Garrett starts doing the little has he crossover thing, I bet he shit his pants. That is the that is the scariest thing. I'd has he ever done that before? Or did he do that for the first no, time yesterday? That's his first time. Okay. But he does do this kind of like it looks like an NBA Euro step. It's one mm. of his it's his best pass rush move. He killed the Bengals with it uh on Sunday, where he just like he Euro steps in and out, and he's so fast and so strong and so athletic that it does not matter who you have in front of him when he does that. Mm. I like it. Um JP, this is right up your alley, I thought. Thank you for not coaching. Oh, who wins that on. award? Come on. Who who is it? It's Brandon Staley. Get oh, I'm absolutely. Calling, absolutely. I'm here. I'm I'm going <laughs> Michael Jordan pulling the ball here. Brandon Staley. All right, listen up. So I need last him year, gone. Last year he said, like, you know, I don't want to get I'm cool with giving up four and five yard runs if we don't give up 40 yard passes. Congratulations, buddy. You did both. Like it's a it's a really bad thing when 
Last year, you look at last year when these two teams played. You didn't have Joey Bosa. You didn't have Cleo Mack. You didn't have J.C. Jackson. And you shut down that same Miami Dolphins offense. You had all those guys, and you gave up 36 points in the game. You scored 34. You scored 34 points and have one of the most efficient rushing games ever. You should win that game. There's He's no the defensive coach. You were yes, you were de- you're a defensive genius. Remember, he is the wonder kid. He was supposed to be the next evolution of the NFL defense. And now you're getting your ass handed to you multiple times over. It's not only getting your ass handed to you. It is nobody seems to be in a good position. The passing I'm game looks so out of sync. Khalil, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa did not have a sack Yes, on Sunday. That's bad. That is real bad news for this team. You need, like, I'm going to say the same thing I said with Arthur Smith. You need to figure it the fuck out, man. This is a team that was supposed to be like not only playoff, but this is a Super Bowl team. You're supposed to be going for the Super Bowl when you have a quarterback like Justin Herbert. And you're sitting here struggling to defend simple passes and simple motions. Like this is like this is the same thing that you saw last year that you shut down and now you can't defend it at all. It is really bad. It's a it's upset. I'm I'm gonna call child protective services for (laughs) Justin Herbert. It's it's not fair. Like he he doesn't deserve this. He is a, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's got a defensive-minded head coach. He's got all these defensive fucking players. Like he literally has they trail they trade for Cleo Mack. They trade for JC or they signed JC Jackson. They already have Bosa and signed him the long-term contract. It's like what like we say this all the time. It's like what more do you need? But we are I'm saying it for the coach. What more do you need? Like at any given point, the defense has been what's most suspect about this team. Constantly, Justin Herbert is putting up points on the board just to lose. Like, get rid of him. They ran for 234 yards and lost the football game. That doesn't happen. Like, literally, if you look at the stats of overall rushing efficiency and rushing yards in the last decade, everybody won their game except the Chargers. If that ain't the most Chargers thing ever, it is. Like that's at that point, it's on Brandon Staley. You have to be a better coach. You're supposed to be the defensive mastermind. And not to go ahead. And not to not not to mention, like um, at the end of the first half, it's tied at 17. Dolphins two seconds left. Tua launches a ball downfield to Jalen Waddle and J.C. Jackson just European uppercuts a guy from behind and. Every ref on the field threw the flag like, yeah, that's pass interference. Okay. And then the Dolphins kick a field goal, go into halftime up 20 to 17. The Chargers In a game that two. they won by two. Like, you, that swing of events probably cost you the game. J.C. Jackson probably cost you the game multiple times. He had the interception, and guess what he did? He ran out of the end zone, put the Chargers on the two. They ended up punting, and the Dolphins scored. Like, this is not a – you spent – so much money, so much investing in this defense. You would put a defensive head coach. You're supposed to be the mastermind. They gave you everything you're supposed to have to be to make one of the best defenses in the NFL. And you can't stop the run or stop the pass. This is on you. Like you, you better figure this out. You can't go from collapsing in the second half against the Jaguars in the playoffs and saying, hey, we're a better team than this. We'll figure it out to doing what they did on Sunday. Like what the, if those two things don't happen? What if the 
if you recall, the Chargers did introduce uh, AI fans uh, at this particular game uh, over the weekend. What if Brandon Staley was actually fired this offseason and we just saw game one, Brandon Staley AI, and that's the issue? What what if that was an AI version making plays that uh, they thought Brandon Staley no, would make? That's just a matter of that- LA not being able to fill seats. I want mm. the I want that AI taken back to the developer because it absolutely sucked. <laughs> it yep. it does not need to be put out anymore. Look, man, I I said going into this year, Brandon Daly was going to have the most pressure on him outside of maybe a couple of head coaches in the league. Mm. It's not looking great. I just feel like Dean Spanos uh, is one of those guys who keeps guys for a really long time. North Turner, Marty Schottenheimer. Has he ever had a quick hook? Y'all would maybe know you, better than me here. You can't, he ever, what was the earliest he's fired a coach? You can't lose the way they did in the playoffs, then come back around, and not only can you not stop the run, but you can't stop the pass. And the craziest quote coming from that game, and the only reason they stopped, the only reason they, the Dolphins had 70 yards is because they only had to run the ball 13 times because hmm. they were just throwing the ball everywhere. And at the end of the, end of the game, Sebastian Joseph Day is asked, like, hey, do you think the defense can improve? Do you think the defense can play better? And he's like, how many rushing yards did we give up? Sure, man, congrats. Mission accomplished. You gave up 70 yards and gave up 490,000 through the air. And, oh, yeah, you lost the game. Mm. In a game where you scored 34 points and ran for 234 yards. This is on Brandon Staley at this point. Like, you, Well, this is year three, and you know what's interesting, too? Uh, Anthony Lynn who uh, got three years uh, as the previous head coach of the Chargers. He went 34 and 32. Right now, Brandon Staley's 20 or is 19 and 16. So just about identical to what you had with the previous coach. Look, man, I I've kind of been on this road since like the middle of year one for Brandon Staley, but going into it now, like he might be the most overrated head coach in the NFL. Like he the defenses never look good. Mm. Like, that's a problem. Well, I don't even know if we can call him overrated anymore because I feel like everybody else is starting to, like, come around and be like, oh, yeah, he's he's not fit for the job. Like, yeah. sure, but I also think they're still like, oh, well, he's a great defensive mind, which, is he? Is he? Mm. Like, that? that's still coming into coming into being an issue because the year before, you can't stop the run. Now you can't adjust. You, you can't adjust and can't stop the pass. You can't be bad at both. Hmm. If you're bad at both, that means you get fired. Well, there you go. We'll leave it there, gentlemen. Uh, Jarrett, what can the good folks check out from you across the internet this week? Um, power rankings on USA Today will be out by the time this podcast is out so go listen listen go watch go let me try that again go read those it is late as we are recording this mm. and i am a sleepy boy so go read the power rankings in usa today go read winners and losers on usa today um and then quarterback rankings as well uh i'm behind the steel curtain i imagine josh allen will be moving down a few pegs after the performance we saw tonight so go and read those um i'm like i said in the power rankings i reference uh metal music and the no- new number one team i uh compare their game to Brock Lesnar and Ricochet Super Showdown in 2020. So wrestling and metal music and football, that's everything I want in life. So go read the power rankings. I love it. JP, what about you and the team over at SBNation.com? 
SB Nation, we got some really cool stuff coming out. College football and NFL-wise, we started back up, established a fun over this past weekend. This uh, this Friday, we'll be back again. We'll have established a fun every Friday for you around 10 in the morning. So you wake up with a fresh, uh, fresh hot, established a fun at your face. So be on the lookout for that. We'll be doing some pretty cool analysis of things I just see around the NFL that I think are pretty cool, things I see in college football that are pretty cool. So just follow me on Twitter and follow on for the ride. See what I'm doing. Evan, what about you? What, what advice do you have for the good folks as we're walking out? Go to emo shows, follow you on Twitter at Evan Swords. What can you, what words of wisdom can you leave us with tonight? Um, I think you should go ahead and leave a five-star review first mm. and foremost. We haven't talked about that in a little long time. By the way, how many are you at? Uh, reviews? I meant like, oh, let me pull that up. We're, uh, because I feel like we've been talking about this for a very long time. So my big thing is I'm kind of wondering like what that number better be high because we've been, been talking about it this is for a 538. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good for reviews. So go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and add to that. Let's get to like 550. Yeah. Uh, 549 would be great because the 49ers. Um, I like that. Follow me at evanswords.com. Uh, you can check out my TikTok where I've got viral to Milo TikToks going off right now as we speak. It's great. He's a psychopath. Um, that's all. Yeah. Go Niners. There you go. Go all of our teams. We don't play each other next week. So no house divided on this very program. So no Niners Steelers. I'm, I'm uh, rooting for the Steelers ne- ne- next week. Just out of pity. That was, they need I'm, it. A, I'm a Penn State fan. So. Mm. Beat Illinois. There you go. That shouldn't be that hard. Uh, Illinois is not very <laughs> good. Um, and I get to just hold onto my butts with the Packers and the Gators uh, this weekend for the Falcons and the Vols. Um, there you go. JP, Jarrett, Evan, always a pleasure. And I'll talk to y'all next week. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry champagne, Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.